and welcome into Brewers Weekly here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauly. Happy for the next hour talking all things Milwaukee Brewers baseball as the Brewers pick up a big win today in Chicago. The one-off from the non-rain rain out a couple months ago. And what do you know? They don't just go in there and win. They go in there and absolutely impose their will upon the Cubs. And uh, I think they uh, they were definitely saying something with that win today. In fact, we'll talk about that more coming up in just a bit. If you do want to join the program, there are multiple ways for you to do so. You can give us a call or you can text us on the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. The phone number is 414-799-1620. Again, 414-799-1620. Taking your phone calls and your text messages. You can also always tweet at me if you would like at Matt Pauley Radio, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y Radio is uh, the best way to, uh, it's actually the only way to tweet at me, and uh, we'll monitor the Twitter account throughout the course of the program. Today was an interesting day, and I didn't completely know what to expect from the Brewers today. I was hopeful that they would really play well. This game meant a little something extra. And you can listen to Craig Council and hear, oh, it's just the next game. It's just one game. You know, uh, the whole rain out thing. Teams have to deal with worse than that. This isn't that bad. You know, we're losing an uh, off day, but it's a few days before the All-Star break. We're not having to fly out west. We can just bust it down there. It's going to be fine. You can listen to all those things. And there is some truth to it, but it's not the whole story. It's not all the truth. This game meant a little bit more. And the reason this game meant a little bit more was because why they were playing it. When the Brewers and Cubs were supposed to play this on a beautiful, sunny Saturday afternoon, I think it was Saturday, maybe it was Sunday, no, it was a Saturday afternoon, the the Cubs were having some bullpen issues. And they they just didn't have a lot available on the bullpen. And on that Friday when they opened up the series, they played through an entire game of rain. I mean, the weather was absolutely miserable. Nobody would have said a thing if they would have postponed that game. And then you get to Saturday, and a couple hours before the game is even supposed to have first pitch, they go ahead and postpone it, and they say it's because of the forecast where all of our very talented meteorologists in the Milwaukee area could have told you there's not going to be much, if any, rain at Wrigley Field. And indeed, that day, it turned into the old uh, proverbial Chamber of Commerce kind of day. So they, they, they rained it out for some reason. It wasn't for rain reasons. At the very least, they should have waited and seen if they could get that game going. It was not an obvious situation where rain was going to come in. All the conspiracy theorists out there can say whatever they want to say about why they rained it out, but the Brewers were on a bit of a run when that happened, and then after that, the Brewers went in the tank a bit. Now they, they're they obviously a first-place team right now, but that affected them. There was some, something about that non-rain rain out that affected them. They ended up losing the Sunday game. So you fast-forward to now, and what do they do? They just absolutely annihilate the Cubs, 11-2. They put up a seven spot in the third inning. They forced uh, the starter of Montgomery out after uh, in the third inning. They go through pitcher after pitcher after pitcher. You, know, you want to 
you want to talk about issues with the bullpen. Well, the Cubs have bullpen issues again simply because of this game. And it got to a point where they had to go send out a position player to pitch, and that was John Jay. And he's sitting there throwing fastballs. You can use air quotes on fastballs that were at 45 miles per hour. He was actually somewhat effective because that is a slower pitch than you even face in batting practice. And guys were having a hard time adjusting. When you're used to something coming at you, at you know even a even a changeup is going to come at you at 60 some odd miles per hour. All of a sudden, you're talking 20 mile per hour less than that. Uh, it's going to take a little bit of adjustment, but nonetheless, it was a big win today uh, by the Brewers. And now they head to New York for a three-game series against the Yankees. I'm going to be very curious to watch the media attention on this team because a lot of the national media is based out of New York City. And a lot of Brewers fans want to see this team get more exposure, be talked about more. Well, here's that opportunity. There's going to be a lot of national-type folks that are at Yankee Stadium over the next three days watching this Brewers team to try to figure out if they're real or not. Uh, The Yankees, they're a good team, but they've been slumping lately. I think they've lost 16 of their last 21. They've lost something like that. Uh, They've been slumping uh, recently, but it's also, if you're watching the game, listening to the game, a chance for the Brewers to face uh, Aaron Judge as well. Here's what we've got coming up on the program today. Statement game is something you hear a lot in basketball. Maybe in football, not even so much that. I mean, I think it's more of a basketball term than anything else. You, you certainly don't hear it in baseball where you play 162 games and you really assess yourself on winning series, not winning games. But was today a statement game by the Brewers? We'll get into that. There's some more rumblings coming out about maybe the Brewers being active at the trade deadline. If you uh, you know read between the lines on a couple things, uh, there was uh, there was some news today that was somewhat interesting out of Miami. I'll share that with you coming up in just a while. And you know Justin Garcia was talking about this on Sports Central just a little while ago about you know what's more surprising, what's more shocking, the Brewers having the record they're having or the Cubs with the record they're having. What's going on with the Cubs, and is there any reason to expect? That they're going to be anywhere close to the team that they were at, uh, that they were last year. Uh, we are going to be joined around 8:35 by uh, David Schuster. He covers the Cubs. He's a uh, reporter and a host for uh, 670 Score in Chicago. So he'll join us coming up in just a little while as well. If you want to talk Brewers baseball, we'll welcome your phone calls and your text messages in on the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. That's 414-799-1620. This is Brewers Weekly. We're back with more in a moment on WTMJ. Tom Petty performing tonight at the AmFam Amphitheater. Here at Summerfest, we are broadcasting live from our WTMJ mobile studio. My name is Matt Pauley. If you want to join the program, 414-799-1620, 414-799-1620. That is the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. should be mentioned, Tom Petty along with Chris Stapleton. That should be a pretty okay show. First concert I ever went to was Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Only saw him that one time. Haven't seen him since. All right, so today's game, the Brewers uh, get the win. 11-2, the final score. And this was an interesting interesting game because it was just a single game. And you get this occasionally. You have rainouts, and you got to go play those single games. So you had the single game aspect of it. You had the 
added intrigue because of the reason they were playing with the non-rain rainout that we were talking about in our last segment. You've got the Brewers being total overachievers uh, with a record of 47-40 and 40 going in and in first place. And you have the Cubs, the defending World Series champions underachieving at uh, 500 going into today's game and in second place in the Central Division. So bottom line is there was a lot going on. There were many, many storylines. And you don't get many baseball games where there's that many storylines in the course of a single game. It's just baseball isn't built that way. Baseball is a 162-game season. Baseball is a sport where you want to win your series. You know, how'd you do on the homestand? How'd you do on the road trip? How'd you do in that series? The, the, the equation of go 500 on the road and win your series at home and you're going to be in the playoffs. Like, that's how we talk about baseball. We don't talk about it the way we talk about basketball, the way we talk about hockey, and certainly the way we talk about football or any other sport for the most part. It's just different. So people like to throw out the, the term statement game. And 99 out of 100 times, maybe 999 out of 1,000 times, if you hear somebody say, oh, they made a statement in that game, and they're talking about a baseball game, no, they didn't. You don't make statements in baseball games. It's just it's, it's not built that way. But I would argue that today was a little bit different. And I think the Brewers were trying to say something. Now, you can only say so much in one of 162 games. But the Brewers went into Wrigley Field today, played on their turf, played under their scenario, played, uh, you know, didn't play the game when they were supposed to play it, played it today, had an off day taken away from them, all that stuff, and they go in there and they just hand it to the Cubs. Just hand it to them. They get the pitcher Montgomery out after three, uh, two and a third innings. In the third inning, he's gone. And then they just roll through their relief pitchers, making them throw a ton of pitches. I mean, nine walks were issued today by Cubs pitchers. Nine. Nine walks. And it was just a day where the Brewers were in absolute control. So I said everything I said about in baseball, you don't really have statement games. I would make the argument that this was a statement, that the Brewers said something to the Cubs today. You know, for all the people out there who have been sitting around saying, okay, the Brewers are going to cool off at some point. You know, maybe they are a 500 team. Maybe they're better than we thought they were going to be. But they're, they're, they're certainly going to cool off. They're going to back off that seven, eight games above 500. And for those same people who are saying, well, you know, the Cubs are going to do something. They're going to get going. The guys who are underperforming, they're going to start performing uh, they're they're going to make some moves at the trade deadline, all that stuff. If you were in that camp, I think today was the day where you have to look at this game and say, huh, okay, maybe it's not going to go down that way. Maybe the Brewers are just going to find a way to win this division. I would absolutely argue that they are going to stay in contention. I don't think when this season gets over, we're going to sit here and be talking about a, a Brewers team that tanked. You know, we don't know what's going to happen with the Cubs. We don't know if they can go acquire all kinds of talent at the trade deadline. We don't know what you know Theo is thinking uh, in terms of what this team needs to do to try to repeat. But the bottom line is they want to win the division. 
And right now, the easiest path for them to win the division is by or to get into the playoff is by uh, is by winning the division, because those teams in the National League West are so good. I would argue the Rockies are really starting to come back to earth. You know that second wild card spot. I think for sure that first wild card is going to be held by either the Dodgers or the Diamondbacks. I don't expect anything to really change with those teams going forward. But the Rockies have really fallen off. And, you know, the Braves have come on a bit recently, despite what they did against uh, the Astros over the last few days. I think it is going to be a battle for that second wild card spot. And the Rockies are going to be in that. The Braves might be in it. We'll see if uh, the Cubs or the Cardinals can get going. And, and if all of a sudden one of those teams really turns it on and somehow they leapfrog over the Brewers, the Brewers will be right there in contention for it as well. I don't buy the Rockies as being just this absolutely uh, incredible team. And they're a team that I think their home ballpark at times beats them down a bit and it hurts them as the season goes along. Plus, that's just a young group that's you know going through a year where they're learning how to win. They're going to be much more dangerous moving forward. So we expect other teams in baseball to make moves, but the Brewers are a first-place team that have some obvious flaws. Could they be a team that's going to make some serious moves at the trade deadline. I've always been of the belief that they could make some smaller moves. But as the season goes along, you're starting to hear more rumblings that maybe they'll be more active at the trade deadline than most people expect. We'll start to go down that path in a bit. If you want to join us, 414-799-1620. 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet mortgage talk and text line and uh, you can talk uh, brewers with us uh, this evening as we uh, continue on live from Summerfest. we're back with more in a moment on wtmj everything is awesome everything is cool when you're part of the team everything is awesome that's tegan and sarah they're going to be playing tonight at the miller light oasis they go on stage in about 90 minutes at uh, 10 o'clock here at Summerfest 50. My name's Matt Pauley coming your way from the WTMJ mobile studio. If you want to join the program, 414-799-1620. That's 414-799-1620, the Acunet Mortgage talk and text line. Let's get to our first phone call of the night. Paul is in Oshkosh. Paul, you're on WTMJ. All right, man. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, yeah, I think the chess Dramatically, the last two weeks, I think we're in the hunt. I think this team, has, as everybody that follows the Brewers knows, that there's something here. Um, I hope we don't give away the farm as we've done in the past, just for a to get to the be a wild card team. But uh, we got to make a move. Uh, we got to show that uh, we are for real, which we have, and 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 bolster this club. Um, I hope communication again from the coaches, the manager council, and um, the GM pulls the right strings. And today's game certainly was a statement game. Uh, it certainly was. Um, it was a showdown in Chicago, and they had, what, John Jay pitching at the end of the game for Church Vargas. So, uh, yeah, it's it's great. It don't matter really. We were supposed to be what uh, on the lower end of our division. Here we are, past July Fourth, coming into the All Star break, looking good, feeling good, being good. 
Absolutely, Paul. Appreciate the phone call at 414-799-1620. 414-799-1620 is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Ryan Braun had an interesting statement after the game today. Uh, on the victory, and this is from uh, Todd Rosiak's Twitter, uh, he says, uh, as far as meaningful games in July go, it probably doesn't get much more significant than this. That tells you that there's a group in there that absolutely believes that they understood that today's game in Chicago was a big game. And they walked into that ballpark today absolutely ready to play. And you know what? The Cubs knew it was a big game, too. When, when the Brewers were openly complaining about what went down a couple months ago with the non-rain rainout, the, the Cubs heard all that, and they gave those BS answers. Joe Madden says he took a nap in his apartment and didn't even know that it didn't rain. Give me a break. He was right in the middle of that whole thing. And I like Joe Madden, but he, he knew what was, uh, what was going on there. So the, the Cubs absolutely knew that the Brewers were going to come into this game today absolutely ready to play. And the Cubs weren't ready. They just weren't. Chris is in Sussex. He's given us a call on the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line at 414-799-1620. Chris, you're on WTMJ. Hey, thanks so much for taking my call. I really appreciate it. I guess I'm looking kind of for some advice from you because I hear a lot of these sports talk radio stations mention things like, you know, don't give away the farm, you know, um, stay with the process. Stearns has a process in place. And what I think about, and I agree with that to a certain degree, but at the same time, Who's to say in the next two, three years, four, five years that the Brewers will even be in first place or they'll even be, you know, fighting for a wild card? I understand the talent. I understand everyone loves Josh Hader and everyone loves Lewis Brinson and everyone loves this guy and that guy. And, but there's no guarantee. So here we sit in first place, and I'm not saying mortgage the farm, but at the same time, they may never be here. It, it's, it's possible, right? Yeah, but I don't. I don't look at things that way. I appreciate the phone call, Chris. I just you can't worry about whether you're ever going to be in this position again. You have to put your. You have to do what what is best to be able to put yourself in this position again. The reason the Brewers over the last however many years have short good periods and then long downturns is because they get the talent up and then eventually it goes away and there's not more guys stepping forward. The way they're trying to set it up now is that there's always high-level talent ready to walk through that door when some other high-level talent walks out the door. You know, I talk about Lewis Brinson. If Lewis Brinson turns into what we expect Lewis Brinson to turn into, there's a chance six years from now he's playing on a different team. So the question is, do you have another Lewis Brinson to walk in? Because you know what? When Prince Fielder walked out that door, they didn't have another Prince Fielder to walk in. And the Brewers are always going to be a smaller market team. They're always going to lose some players. They'll keep some players, too. They absolutely will. And the more money that comes in from Major League Baseball because of TV, that's going to be good for the Brewers' payroll. Uh, But you're always going to be a little bit behind the eight ball when you're comparing yourself to a payroll perspective from the Cubs, from the Dodgers, from the Yankees, from the Red Sox, from the Cardinals, whoever else you want to mention, you're always going to be back behind them. So how do you set yourself up for sustained success? And I think actually the fact that it's already working shows you that the plan and the system is going to work. Uh, I would not I would not trade any of the top prospects in the organization. There are prospects you can trade, there are moves you can make, but I would
would not uh, trade any of those top prospects. And what was interesting today, there was a piece in the Miami Herald, and it quotes Major League Baseball sources and says the Marlins are sitting, sending their uh, professional scouts to the farm clubs of the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Rockies, the Cubs, and the Brewers. They are sending their pro scouts to five organizations, minor league teams, and the Brewers are one of them. That tells you that David Stearns has already had conversations with the Marlins, and they've talked about some folks, that they think maybe there's a potential deal that they could make with the Marlins. And you know what? If they've had those conversations with the Marlins, they've had those conversations with other teams. This report from the Miami Herald makes me more, I feel more like there is a chance that the Brewers are going to make maybe not a huge move, but a more significant move than I was expecting because the Marlins do not just start sending their scouts to Brewers affiliates unless they feel like there's a high potential for a uh, trade to be made. Uh, part, you know, as much as we want to talk about the Brewers' success, uh, you know, the Brewers being in first place, quite honestly, has as much to do with the Brewers playing so well as the Cubs playing so poorly. And are the Cubs ever going to get it going? We'll find out from uh, David Schuster. He is from 670 The Score. He's a host and a reporter. He uh, covers the Brewers on a daily basis. We'll get an insider's take on the Cubs. That's next. It's Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Weekly continuing here on WTMJ. We are live at Summerfest 50. My name is Matt Pauley. If you want to join the program, 414-799-1620. That's 414-799-1620. So the Brewers today have very little problem in defeating the Cubs 11-2. And a lot of people continuing to wait for the Cubs to get going. They are back below 500 at 42-43. and What in the world is going on with the Cubs? We'll try to get that uh, question answered by uh, welcoming in right now from 670 The Score in Chicago. Uh, David Schuster joins us. David, thank you for taking some time. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Certainly better than the Cubs, at least as of right now. So in Milwaukee, today's win is a really, really big win. It feels like more than one of 162. What's the feel? Does, does that loss for the Cubs today, does that mean anything for Cubs fans? Yeah, well, Cub fans have been panicking. Even though they won a championship last year, old habits die hard. So if you're a diehard Cub fan, uh, you're panicking even after the first game of the regular season already. So, yeah, the fact that they have now gone back under the 500 mark for the God knows how many times. They have been at the 500 mark 19 times. So the definition of a 500 club right now is the Chicago Cubs. They have yet to really put together any kind of win streak all season long. They continue to struggle, certainly offensively. They're not able to drive in any runs, come up with any big hits, seemingly, uh, on any consistent basis. Their starting pitching, you know, has been okay at times, but for the most part has really failed them. They only really have one consistent starter, and that's John Lester. Jake Arrieta is very spotty, and the rest of them, uh, Kyle Hendricks has been injured, John Lackey's been terrible, and whoever their fifth starter has been has been even worse than that. So, if you add it all up, they really have underachieved all season. The fans themselves, you know, some of them are, are ready to throw in the towel. Some of them think that at some juncture this team will go on a win streak. But I really think 
personally, and I think a lot of people would agree with this, it's up to Theo Epstein. Uh, he's won three championships, obviously. I don't think he wants to win a championship with the Cubs after the 108 years and then not make the playoffs the following season. So I'm personally going to be really curious to see what he does now before the trading deadline because he has to find at least one new starting pitcher, maybe two, and I think he has to infuse uh, some kind of energy into his starting lineup with somebody else. So right now the Cubs are a mess, if you want to add it up in, all, in one word. So for an average Cubs fan, has the hope gone from hope that they start playing better and guys who are underachieving get back to what they've been doing to hope that they make a big splash at the trade deadline? Well, <laughs> I did something very unscientific. I put it up even on my own Facebook and Twitter page today. Uh, and I think I said something to the effect of the Cubs themselves, meaning the players, they say that they're still confident that they're going to be able to do this. What do you think? And I think most of them have said, um, no, they really don't think it. I mean, again, you've watched this team now for almost 90 games here in the regular season, and they have not been able to be a consistent team all season long. So I think the consensus of Cub fans is, that unless they do do something, and a lot of them are not ready to mortgage the future. I mean, if you go out and try and get a starting pitcher, whether it's a Verlander, uh, which would be a longer-term deal from Detroit or a, or a rental like you, Darvish, you're still going to give up some top prospects on the major league level. I'm sure anybody would be asking for Ian Happ. At the minor league level, they'll be asking for their number one prospect, Eloy Jimenez. So these are t- these are players that will be really good, maybe even star players down the road. It's whether it's going to be here or it's going to be somewhere else in the trade. David Ross and Dexter Fowler are really good clubhouse guys. Mm-hmm. Are, are they missing some leadership inside of that room right now? I think they are. I think uh, I don't think what would have happened with Miguel Montero the other day would have happened if David Ross and or Dexter Fowler was, were still on this roster. So I think there has been a little bit of a leadership void in this clubhouse. Um, Anthony Rizzo, of which Montero even went off a little bit on him after he was released, uh, you know, he's probably the, the leader in the clubhouse, but, you know, he's not a vocal leader by any stretch of the imagination. He's the kind of guy that likes to get everybody together on the road and have camaraderie, but I don't know if you really want to call that leadership in itself. So, yeah, I think absolutely there is some leadership void here. And David Ross, for everything that was said about him, whenever there was a problem last season, and maybe it was because it was his last season, he would be the one to talk to the media. He would be the one to take the bullet. So a guy like that is definitely missed in a lot of ways. We're talking with David Schuster from 670, the score in Chicago. Joe Madden is known for all the quirky stuff that he does, but he's always, you know, last year he's he's working with a Cubs team that, that hasn't won a World Series in forever. They were always undermanned in Tampa Bay. Do, does his techniques not work as well on a team that has high expectations? Well, I think they had high expectations last year, and even though he was still quirky, I mean, he does have that championship to his name now. So I don't think that's it. Um, you know, he, he's so positive, sometimes almost um, obnoxiously so. I mean, he found he found silver linings in today's dark cloud, and I don't see how you could be. I mean, <laughs> what was the positive in today's Cubs 11-2, whatever the final was? I think it was 11-3. 11-3 or 11-2 loss today. There was no positive. Unless you want to talk about uh, John Jay coming in and pitching a ninth-inning relief um, you know, a scoreless inning. I mean, a guy throwing 50-mile-an-hour flutter balls, he's got an area of zero now in his pro career. But short of that, and, and that's humorous, of course, 
there was nothing positive by the Cubs today. They, all their all their relievers were actually hitting at the plate. That tells you how they threw in the towel early in the game, and they had an everyday player pitch the ninth inning. So, you know, sometimes he's just, in my opinion, uh, too positive even to the media. Um, I don't know what he's like, honestly, behind closed doors. I think he's positive with his players, too, but I would hope that he goes after them sometimes because, honestly, they've Almost to a man. I, I can only think of two guys on this entire roster who have probably lived up to their billing this season. One of them is in the All-Star game. That's Wade Davis. The other one actually is John Jay, and not because of his pitching, but because he's been really good as a pinch hitter, and when he's had the opportunity to play on an everyday basis, he's been pretty good hit, hitting around 300. But short of those two guys, the entire roster has underachieved, and I would hope that maybe Madden goes after these guys behind closed doors. You knew the Brewers were going to be ready for today's game because of the circumstances, the non-rain, rain-out, all that sort of stuff. No matter what they said publicly, you know they had a they had an they felt like they had an off day kind of taken away from them, and they were being worked around a bit by the Cubs. Do, do you feel like the Cubs went into today's game realizing, okay, the Brewers are, are this game means a little something extra to them? Well, you would hope that he would have thought that. I mean, it's a two-game swing in the standings. You're either two-and-a-half out if you're the Cubs or you're four-and-a-half out. They lost today and got beat up, so now they're four-and-a-half out. And, yeah, the Brewers, even after today's game, I wasn't in their clubhouse, but I heard that they were not only were they upset that they had to come here on their day off, but that it was an early day game on top of that. So they weren't happy about anything. And, listen, they took it out early and often on the Cubs. Good for them. Um, you know, the Cubs better wake up and realize that Milwaukee's no fluke by any stretch of the imagination. They're likely not going to fold their tent at any point going forward. So if the Cubs are going to come back and win this thing, they're going to have to earn it. It's not going to be given to them. So, again, I still think it's up to C.O. Epstein. He's got to do something. We're, again, almost 90 games into this season, and this team is lacking something, and it's called energy. And I think it's up to the team president to do something to infuse some energy into this roster. He is David Schuster. He is a reporter and a talk host for uh, 670 The Score in Chicago. You can follow him on Twitter at Mouse. That is S-C-H-U Mouse. David, great to talk to you. I'm sure we'll talk again uh, down the line. It's going to be fun if uh, these Brewers-Cubs games down the stretch of the season really mean something. Yeah, I think there's nine more, if I'm not mistaken, and obviously they'll all be important to both teams. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. But uh, kudos to the Brewers and their fans because right now Milwaukee's playing some very good baseball. Very good. Appreciate the time. That is uh, David Schuster joining us here on Brewers Weekly. 414-799-1620. 414-799-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We'll get to some phone calls on the other side of this break as we continue to broadcast live from Summerfest 50 on WTMJ. I say you killed your AWOL Nation going to be performing at the Uline Warehouse tonight at Summerfest 50. Welcome back into Brewers Weekly here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. 414-799-1620. 414-799-1620. The Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let's get to a few uh, phone calls here in this segment. We'll start with Wayne in West Alice. Wayne, you're on WTMJ. Hey, Matt. I, I There's nothing better than listening to the, the Bears the Bears broadcast after a Packer beat down, and so I thought I'd slip over to the to the broadcast of the Chicago Cub game today. And not that saying that listening to uh, Euchre ain't the best, but 
but it was fun listening. And, and they, it's all they were talking about was trades and 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 how they can improve their team. They weren't talking about you know much else. That's Hello? kind of funny when your team uh, has uh, has you know Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo. Like it's supposed to be a stacked team, and the broadcast is only talking about trades and and potential uh, new players. That's uh, that's interesting to hear that. Yeah, I thought it would be. All right, Wayne. Appreciate the phone call at four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Tax Line. Marty is in Sheboygan. Marty, you're on WTMJ. Hey, Matt. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Um, you know, I I definitely don't think they should be getting rid of uh, a lot of top prospects or a lot of prospects in general. Maybe there's a few guys down there that might be, I guess, blocked by you know higher talent. Um, you know, you look at the shortstop that they got in trade from uh, the Red Sox with the Thornburg trade. I can't remember his name, but you know he's been having a decent year down there. Maybe that's a guy they could use as a you know a trade piece. Um, but I, you know, that being said, um, I like, you know, I, I, I agree with you in saying that your goal should be to give yourself a chance year after year instead of just loading up for one year and putting all your eggs in, in a basket one time because you just never know if another team is going to get hot and be better than you. Um, look at the Brewers in 2011. Um, definitely a better team than the Cardinals, but the Cardinals got hot at the right time, and next thing you know, the Brewers are, you know, farm systems depleted for, you know, a few years after that. And uh, I, I just think if you always have somebody ready to step in, like you said, um, and ready to take over and give yourself a chance year after year, something good might happen. There's some luck that's involved with some of this, too, and everybody's got to stay healthy and and, uh, you know, guys, certain guys have to have career years and, uh, you know, things like that. So give yourself a chance. That's what I say. Don't, don't trade it all in for, for just one run at it. I agree, Marty, and I appreciate the phone call. There's a difference between going all in on one year and trying to shore up, you know, some deficiencies on your roster. And you don't always do that via trade. The The Brewers weren't getting production from one of their catchers, so they find a way to acquire another catcher off waivers. That kind of presented itself. Let's see what other things present itself. I'm actually more interested in what's going to happen in the month of August because that's when waiver trade deadline deals are done, and that's where you can get some veteran guys who make more money than they're worth anymore, and teams just want to dump their salaries, and if you're willing to pick up their salaries, you can get them for very little. And it's guys that clear waivers because teams don't want to pick up the salaries. Uh, I, I think the the August 31st deadline could be just as important as the July 31st deadline this year. 414-799-1620, 414-799-1620. The Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We'll uh, get to a couple more phone calls and wrap up the program next. This is Brewers Weekly, live from Summerfest 50 on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly continuing here on WTMJ. Tom Petty tonight uh, is going to be headlining the AmFam Amphitheater along with special guest Chris Stapleton. We have just a few minutes left in the program. 414-799-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Joshua in Kenosha has been patiently waiting on hold, and now Joshua gets to be on WTMJ. Hey, Joshua. Hey, good evening. 
Um, when was the last time you think you saw Braun get a high five for a ground out to second base? That's that's how big today's game was. In that first inning, Santana on second, yeah. he grounds out the second and uh, moves the runner over. He gets into that dugout, and every guy in that dugout gave him a high five. I, I think it happens more often than maybe you realize. I, I think they all realize that when you move a runner over, that's a good thing. That's a very positive dugout. It was it was more pronounced today, but I wouldn't say it never happens. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I would agree. It, it's not a never, but it was a big deal, and you could tell um, from these guys. And I loved guys like Carlos Gomez and Ricky Weeks, uh, Corey Hart. Sometimes it felt like those dugouts didn't get uh, the you know the necessity of just moving a runner over and, and things like that at times. Everybody was swinging for the fences, trying to go for the kill shot, and uh, I think that's played into some of their successes. Just their commitment to do what it takes to get runners in and things like that. Obviously, they've had plenty of success with home runs, but they they seem to manage to manufacture runs uh, successfully as well. Yeah, they do, and I appreciate the phone call, Joshua. I think look, there's a. There is a formula for them on how they win games most often. It's hitting home runs. It's good starting pitching. It's getting the lead to the closer and letting Knable doing his thing. That's the that's the main equation. But I think a difference from last year to this year is this team also wins games in other ways. And look, the the strikeouts sometimes can be really frustrating because they strike out too often. But every team in baseball strikes out too often. Brewers a little bit more than other teams. But uh, it's a great point about, you know, sometimes they are very good about moving that runner over. And that's something they work on. That's something every team in baseball works on. You know, you go down to the batting cages uh, during during BP before a game, and they'll say what the situation is. You know, two outs, runner on at, at, at third, or one out, runner at second. You, you, you want to go the other way with it. They work on those things, and I think the Brewers are, are pretty good at it. Look, there's you can always find things to, to complain about. Uh, they're not a perfect team. They're a very flawed team. They're lucky to be playing in the National League Central, which is a division that is filled with flawed teams. The Cubs are a flawed team. The Cardinals are a flawed team. The Pirates are a flawed team. The Reds uh, are much stronger than a flawed team. They're just a bad team. Uh, but I feel like the Reds are the only team in the division that I would say is just they're bad. And they've been playing okay recently. They've uh, they've played the Rockies well, although the Rockies are struggling uh, the Brewers uh, might be the least flawed team right now. I mean, what's the major flaw with the Brewers? It's it can be the bullpen, um, it it can be consistency, but it's it's actually easier to go look at other teams and other rosters and find their flaws than it is with the Brewers. And that's a good thing because sometimes you want to be the least flawed team and a team that can do some things well. And you know what? The Brewers lead the National League. In home runs, the Brewers lead the National League in stolen bases. Uh, at least going into yesterday's game, I didn't check the standings today, but at least going into yesterday's game, the Brewers were tied for the league lead and uh, double plays turned. The Brewers do some things very well, and when you're very good at some specific things, that can help you win games. They now wrap up the regular uh, season pre-All-Star break portion with a three-game series in New York against the Yankees. They'll play a 6:05 game tomorrow and then at noon on Saturday and Sunday. So that means uh, tomorrow evening our coverage will begin at 5.30 and then 6.05 first pitch. And then on Saturday and Sunday, 12.05 is the first pitch, so we're on the air at 11.30. I'll talk to you after all the games with more uh, Brewers extra innings right here on WTMJ.